0: That's a sensational catch! Absolutely brilliant from Hooper. Was hit back firmly by Miall, hammered down the ground. It could fly all the way for a maximum. It's going
1: to soar into the sky. That's the six they needed. That's 50 for brush. What a knock that is from him! Outstanding striking, and that six brings Guernsey back into the game.
0: Could be a catch! What a catch! One-handed grab, and that's Josh Butler, the captain. Oh my days! We have been treated to some catches in this tournament. Welcome to Under the Covers, Guernsey Cricket's very own podcast. I'm Ben Furbrush, Guernsey Cricket Development Manager, and on this podcast we will be chatting to players old and new, coaches, administrators and other cricketing keen beans along the way. In today's episode we catch up with the in-form English batter Liam Livingston, who is currently out in the IPL. In part one of the interview, we chat about his career to date, with highs and lows and how he's dealt with them. I'd like to thank John Taylor from Specialist Sports, the distributor of Adidas cricket for arranging the call. Okay, so Liam Livingston, welcome to the Guernsey Cricket Podcast. Thanks very much for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me. How's the uh, isolation at the moment? <clears throat> it's actually been all right. Um, I've got quite a nice view. Um, I've got a view of the beach and the sea. I've got a water bike on my balcony. I've got my um, my gaming case set up, so I've got Cod and I've got um, SkyGo as well. So it's pretty much a um, it's actually been really nice to have a bit of a chill. Um, I've had a pretty full-on three months, so um, to be perfectly honest, the six days has flown by I'm out tonight at midnight, so um, yeah it's been it's actually been quite quite cool to just chill out, relax, um, try and get a few watt bike sessions in and um, yeah I've tried to eat some decent food, so now it's been good.
0: yeah, no nice. Um, we'll come back to the IPL, et cetera later on, um, but just to start with. Uh, I want to go right the way back to the start of your your cricketing career. Um, So you were born in Barrow and Furness in Cumbria. Uh, What did your early childhood memories of cricket look like? Were you born into sort of a sporting family that played cricket? Uh,
1: Not so much cricket. My my family is very sporty. Um, My dad and my brother played a lot of football and my mum obviously enjoys her sport. Um, So, yeah, I played as much sport as I could. I spent very little time in my house as a kid. Um, I always wanted to be out playing different sports, um, and I lived about 50 yards away from Barrow Cricket Club, so um, I spent a lot of time around there playing cricket. Um, and I guess the, the earliest memories of cricket was um, playing cricket on the outfielders uh, at tea time. And I've got a brother who's four years older than me, and. Um, I guess he was trying to hang around with him and his mates when you're five, six, seven, it's, it's obviously not easy when they're much bigger and uh, stronger than you. So um, I guess that's probably set me up really well uh, for later in life. Um, so, yeah, it's, that's probably the earliest memories of, um, of my cricket in career was, um, yeah, spending as much time as possible round at Barrow playing, playing cricket. And we actually had a pro called Raul Lewis who um, was from the West Indies and, Basically, he would stay out after training with me and, until it was literally pitch black, until we could do no longer, um, do no more practice. And um, I was a leg spinner growing up and he was a leg spinner as well. So, um, yeah, that was pretty cool to to have someone like him who wanted to spend so much time with me to make me a better cricketer at such a young age. Um, yeah, he um, he was probably the the guy that really spent time with me to... To make me into um into a cricketer that that could probably um go through the ranks and and through academies and stuff. So um yeah, they're probably the the earliest memories of that I have of cricket. And, and did you play at school as well? Um, I did. I went to a very, <clears throat> I went to a private school. Um, well, I went to a state school to start with, um, primary and junior school. That's right, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> and um. We played quick, uh, quick cricket in that um, and um, thankfully we had quite a decent team um, and I vaguely remember we played at Durham's ground, uh, we played at the Emirates Riverside and in the finals of that um, so I do remember um, sort of playing quick cricket all the way through there and then when I went to um, when I went to senior school I went to a private school and there was only 25, 30 lads in my whole year so we didn't really have the strongest cricket team. Um, but I definitely played as, as much as I could. It was cool because I played for the first team when I was in year seven, year eight, um, <clears throat> which you probably don't get at many other schools. So, um, yeah, I played a little bit of school cricket growing up, um, but it certainly wasn't as big as, as what other people have played. I know the lads that went to the big private schools obviously spend a lot of time playing school cricket.
0: And then alongside that, were you already involved in the Lancashire setup as well?
1: Um, I think I joined Lancashire at 14, 15 whilst I was still at school. Um, the last couple of years at school, I, I remember um, it was every Tuesday, Thursday and Sunday. Um, I think I, it must have been 15 when I joined the academy. Um, so it was, um, yeah, I finished school at five to four and I had to be at Old Trafford Indoor Nets by six o'clock. So it was um, five to four, leg at home from school, straight into the car. My pasta carbonara would be waiting um, in the car for me. Um, well, already made it. And yeah, it was down to Lancashire for two hours and then back home and did that every Tuesday and Thursday throughout the winter. Um, and then obviously in the summer played as, as much as I could um, or I was able to do and, and to get down and play. So um, yeah, I guess that's sort of... Um, Something that you don't quite appreciate at the time, but obviously the sacrifice that your mum and my dad have to put in to, to take you down, to do two hours there and back every Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday is obviously something that that's not very easy. So um, I don't think you quite appreciate that until you start to grow older.
0: And then with the Lancashire setup, was it very similar to what it is now, or was it you know quite different?
1: Um, it's, there's been a lot of personnel change, um, but yeah, it was just pretty much, I was two years on the academy. Um, and I would say probably the biggest influence in my career is John Stanworth, who was the academy director at the time. Um, we had a lot, I had a lot of ups and downs at, um, at that point in my career of people saying that I was too reckless. I wasn't going to be good enough. I would never play for, first-class cricket and there was one person who always fought my battle and that was John Stanworth and he um he always said to me don't worry about what other people say and you've got a natural talent that will take you a long way in cricket um just trust me um I've seen a lot of players and and I certainly see something in you and I'll I'll be forever grateful for him for for what he did for me and um certainly as a um yeah as quite a tricky teenager um I think um if, without him, I, I could have fallen away from from cricket. Um, I certainly got knocked down a few times by um, North of England coaches, England coaches at um, at youth level. Which, yeah, I guess at, at fifteen, sixteen, it's probably not what you want to hear. Um, at twenty eight, it's a little bit easier for someone to knock you down. You don't really care. Um, so, I guess, yeah, having him around as the the academy coach at the time was was very cool, and um he's certainly the the biggest influence on my career I've probably ever had
0: and with, with that you you mentioned there um, you bit reckless, did you sort of play the same way you play now, you know quite aggressive, quite attacking
1: <laughs> pretty much <laughs> um, yeah, I would get out playing stupid shots and um yeah, I once got told at fifteen I would never ever play for for um, for England. Oh, I'd never ever play first class cricket with my with my technique. So um, I guess one thing that's pretty cool is to prove them people wrong that someone telling a fifteen year old that they ain't going to do something is um, yeah, it's not the greatest thing to to be doing. So. Um, yeah, it's been nice to prove a few people wrong along the way. Um, and I guess everybody learns differently. Um, there's certain players that were so technically correct that, um, didn't last very long in a professional game. So, um, yeah, I guess it's just the way it is. Some people have opinions and that's the problem with with youth cricket at the moment is, um, your, your fate basically, uh, lies in, in someone's opinion of you at 14, 15, 16. So, um, no, I really, I really enjoyed the playing cricket as I was growing up. I wasn't the most consistent, um, but I was always told by by Stanley that I had a real good natural ability, and um, it would take me a long way in cricket. So, um, thankfully, I, ha- I had him still uh, still by my side.
0: Yeah, no, excellent. Uh, you sort of made headlines in April twenty fifteen as well for your club side at uh, Nantwich, which you made a uh, three hundred and fifty of hundred and thirty eight balls. <laughs> Um, including 38 fours and 27 sixes Uh, was that sort of just a sea ball hit ball day and everything was coming out the middle
1: yeah pretty much Um, I guess it came about at a really good time actually Um, it was I just had um, I was just sort of on the edge of of playing um, of playing first team cricket and um, I guess I hadn't hadn't really had the chance to prove what I could do and and this performance although it was in club cricket um and I did get dropped a few times it was probably something that sort of pushed my name into into um into the reckoning for for playing T20 cricket for Lanx. and thankfully Jilo gave me an opportunity to play that year and it didn't go as well as I'd liked I opened in the first couple of games and then dropped down the order um I didn't do great all year I had a couple of glimpses of of doing well and um, I got first baller in the final but we won it so um I guess that's probably a pretty cool memory of my first full year in professional cricket. We won the T20 blast. So, um, yeah, I guess, um, that performance was something that sort of got my career started. Um, it got me a, a foot in the door and, um, yeah, it's something I'm really grateful for in Nanturich. I still go and watch them now. Um, hmm. I'm still in, I'm still in the WhatsApp group. They're a great club. They're a very family orientated club. My mum and dad still go down and watch them even though I'm not playing and, um, I guess that's the nice thing is when I did move away from Barrow, I wanted to go to a club that was very similar to Barrow, very family orientated and um, somewhere that I wanted to feel welcome. So Nantwich was certainly that. And, and 10 years later, I'm still there. Uh, I, if I needed to play club cricket, I would go and play for Nantwich. So um, it's nice to sort of have that, um, that sort of feel of a, of a home club away from home. So um, yeah, like I said, it was, um, I played three or four years at Nantwich and, they were great for me. Um, it was probably where I learned learned how to, to play cricket properly. So, um, yeah, but certainly that, that's memories, out. How,
0: how did you find that step up from club to then, obviously, county?
1: Um, yeah, I guess club cricket to second team cricket isn't probably the biggest step up. Um, I found that um, I'm not easy, but, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as difficult as the next step up. Uh, I think second team to first team cricket is a, is a real big step up. Um, so I guess I, I did really well in second team cricket. I had a great record in second team cricket. We had a great team at the time. We had a lot of good youngsters coming through at Lancs and we had some great pros that weren't playing in the first team that, that played a lot of, uh, second team cricket. So we won a lot of games. We had lads scoring hundreds. We had lads taking fives and I guess, um, it was pretty cool to, to grow up alongside people that I've played with uh, for the years after and, and sort of went through into the first team with, which is obviously pretty cool to do.
0: Yeah, and then with, with that, you made your List A debut. So you touched on your T20 debut in the T20 finals. Uh, your List A debut in the Royal London One Day Cup, uh, you scored 91 off 88. Um, batting in the middle order this time, was, was that something that you did in one day cricket and then T20 went up the top of the order?
1: Yeah, um, I think by that time I'd moved down the order um, in T20 cricket. Um, but I do remember I, w- I wasn't going to play that day. Um, I got told I wasn't playing. And then I think it was Ashwell Prince. Jilo um, was our head coach and Ashwell Prince said um, that he wanted me to play. And 10 minutes later, about five minutes before the toss, it was actually you are playing now, so go and get ready. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty cool to make my debut. Um, and I actually remember the innings quite fondly, I remember I got, I actually got out trying to ramp it and Q ended it back to Darren Stevens. I think. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was certainly uh, a pretty cool moment to know that you can perform at first team level straight away, and I guess that's the biggest thing, no matter where you are in the world, whether you go to franchise cricket, from second team cricket to first team cricket, into international cricket, you just want a performance to prove to people that you belong there, and and then all of a sudden you're off away. So um, thankfully that came for me in, in my first game and I was, um, yeah, I was off and away.
0: Yeah, and with that, you made your, your sort of first-class debut as well against, Lancash- against uh, Nottinghamshire, Sorry, uh, scoring 70 of 124 balls. Um, pretty decent bowling attack for Notts that day. They had Jake Bull, uh, Stuart Broad, Harry Gurney, uh, Jackson Bird, the Aussie overseas, uh, and then also Samit Patel. So that day you were batting at seven how did you find the difference sort of from red ball to to
1: white ball um at that time i i i just had one game i didn't know any different um i played league cricket growing up um yeah i didn't know any different um so yeah i guess it was um i remember making my debut um i remember thinking jesus this is a good attack um and i guess the years of playing second team cricket and the sort of confidence that you get in your skills sort of set you up really well for when when the debut comes around um, and I remember it very fondly and I had a really good first year in first-class cricket. I think I ended average, averaging 60 or 70 in the first year, batting at seven and um, I really enjoyed playing. I scored 200. Um, I remember I, I got my first 100 in my second game um, and, yeah, I guess from then on, you you kind of feel like you belong in that environment, and all of a sudden, you rather than having to prove yourself, you can go out and enjoy the game and, and start trying to win games for Lancashire. So, um, yeah, it was quite nice to. Uh, I think in most comps, I've I've had a score early on that's made me settle down and um, and sort of yeah made me feel like I belong in that environment, and that was certainly a day that um, I felt you know what I can play first class cricket and I can I can start winning games for Lancashire.
0: Yeah, you touched on it there. So I I did make a few notes. Um, You scored your maiden century against Somerset, finishing 108 not out. uh, And then you actually also topped the batting average uh, run scored for Lancashire with 815 runs, um, which was quite incredible, like you said, in your first year and also batting down at seven. It's not often someone that was batting sort of at seven would get, you know, that amount of time or opportunity.
1: Yeah. And that was, I always get the mick taken out of me actually about my averages because I batted at seven in my first year. Um, but no, it, yeah, it was really, it was, it was a nice introduction to first class cricket. Um, sometimes you came in against a second you ball. Sometimes you came in against tired bowlers. So um, I guess that was the cool thing is that um, I sort of gained loads of experience of, different types of cricket and, and different times of the game. And, and that certainly set me up really well. For I think I moved up to three the year after. So, um, yeah, I guess my first year in first-class cricket went as well as I could have ever hoped for. And it was certainly something I really enjoyed doing. Um, I really enjoyed my Red Bull cricket at the time. And, um, yeah, thankfully it, it sort of got me underway with my career.
0: Yeah, and with, with that, so you did a winter in Perth as well, um, sort of the winter before that, your sort of debut season in the county championship. Uh, who did you play for and how was that experience as an overseas
1: sort of pro? Yeah, I played at Willerton in Perth. Um that experience I loved the loved Australia, I loved Perth. Um I made a really good friend out there who I ended up living with. Um and it was great. I still it's obviously been nice having gone back with the Scorchers. Um, but I actually played second team cricket. We had Jack Brooks as well at the time. Right. Well, had him as well. So I actually ended up playing second team cricket and I did awful. Um, I wasn't very good. And I was thinking, oh, my God, I've come away to Australia. Um, I've done terribly. I'm not going to play cricket when I get home. And I remember a phone call from Gilo and he was like, how's your winter been? Blah de blah. And I was like, yeah, not great. Um, my cricket's not been great. And he went, well, um, yeah, no worries. Um, you're going to buy a seven for the first couple of games. We're going to give you an opportunity. We think you can do really well. And and still to this day, um, I do owe Gilo a lot. He, he gave me so much opportunity in, in my early career and he backed me 100%. And um, he sort of gave me that First step into into being a professional cricketer, and he gave me that first step in in my career of of playing cricket. So, um, yeah, I remember coming back thinking, "Oh no, I'm going to have another year of second team cricket, and then um, that'll be that." But thankfully, I got given an opportunity, and, and like I said, I, I was I was lucky enough to take it.
0: Yeah, and then you said there that you know you got that opportunity the next year. It's bat at three. Uh, so in 2017, you were awarded with your county cap. Um, you scored 803 runs. Uh, this season, averaging forty-seven point two three, uh, and then you were, like you said, batting at three. Um, how did you find that step up to batting at three? And also, talk to me a little bit about your maiden double century against Warwickshire. You scored two hundred and twenty-four. Um, so, obviously, the step up to batting at three must
1: have must have worked. Yeah, I, I remember it really well. Um, I, I always remember I, I did really well the first two years and terribly in year three. Um, I'll get onto that. But yeah, it was. It, it was a, it was a different challenge. Um, yeah, it was, it was something that I was ready for. I'd spent a year at seven. I, I was full of confidence of being able to to do a job. So, um, yeah, it was really nice. Um, it was nice to sort of make an impact at three and, um, I felt like, uh, I, I belonged at in the top order in first-class cricket and that was the nicest thing that uh, having been told as a 15-year-old kid you've got no chance of playing first-class cricket I now averaged 60 or 55 or 60 or something after two years of first-class cricket um, I think I could manage it so um, yeah it was um, I have really fond memories of my early first-class years um, yeah they were really good to me they they got my career going uh, they got me into Lions cricket and um, I guess my career went went on from there so um yeah I remember the the double century at Old Trafford um I think the other set I got 168 or something against Somerset which was probably one of the best innings I've played in my life um we got bowled out for 100 or something in the first innings and we went, we ended up being 160 behind on on first innings lead and um we won the game and I, that was my first game as captain um so that was where I got my county cap and and that's sort of the the that the performance I remember um, as being, yeah, that's probably one of the best innings I've ever played. Um, and to get a double hundred in the same year was was pretty cool. So um, yeah, they were certainly my memories from that year.
0: Yeah, and then you were selected off the back of that year in England's T20 squad, which obviously doesn't quite replicate with the uh, <laughs> uh, the Red Bull stuff as well. Um, but you were selecting the squad for the Slavka series. Um, And you made your debut at Taunton. You made 16 off 18, batting at number four. Uh, Did that sort of selection come as a surprise on the basis that it was back to white ball rather than red
1: ball? Yeah, um, I wasn't quite ready for it. Um, I tried to make a few adjustments in my game two weeks prior to the first game. Basically, it all came at the wrong time. Um, And I just wasn't ready for it. And I say all the time that I'm so thankful of uh, of the experience that I had um it sort of gave me the kick up the backside that i needed that i hadn't completed cricket yeah i need to to work really hard and um go back and and work on my game and that sort of took me back to um yeah took me back to county cricket and the the 3 or 4 years that followed before i got under go in 2021 so um yeah I, I remember it as being a very eye opening experience and and something that um I'm really grateful for it obviously didn't go the way I would would have liked it to go Um, but it's certainly something I would never change and I think it's probably made me into the cricketer and the person I am today
0: yeah and then off the back of that you were also called up to the test squad Uh, you had a really strong year with the Lions so you were away with the Lions had a really strong uh, winter with them Uh, and then you were called up to the test squad for uh, I think it was a tour to New Zealand Um, and if I remember rightly I think you actually did quite well in the warm-up games I'm sure you got an 80 or something like that in one of the warm-up games
1: yeah we were i think we were like two hundred and forty for sixteen or something on the day, and I got eight yard and I thought there might have been a chance of playing and um, It was only a two test series and the first test was when Trent bolt with a pink ball um, I think he got a few wickets and and ran through us and um, and then um the second test I thought I might have got an opportunity to play it didn't work out um and yeah, that was probably the um if, if I was, if I was ever going to have, have succeeded in Test cricket, that was certainly um, I was probably in the best best place possible for for me to have a good crack at it. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, it didn't work out for me that way. And then um, ultimately, the next couple of years didn't go as well as I would have liked. Um, but it's certainly not something I look back on with regret. Um, I really enjoyed that Test tour. Actually, it was a great experience for me, and it was certainly a, an eye opener and and know something that sort of opened my eyes to the level of cricket that that I had to be at Um, so yeah it was um, it was nice to be selected on a test tour and um, it certainly sort of uh, opened my eyes to the environment of English cricket
0: You're listening to Under the Covers Guernsey's very own cricket podcast We'll be back after the short break Bowled him Beautiful bit of bowling from William Peatfield The stump comes crashing out the ground and that's a big wicket here Guernsey versus Denmark at the KG5. That's the first wicket. Letizia is the one who strikes. He gives it a big celebration. He writes it up in a book. He notes it down and sends him off. And Manpreet Singh to that list. That's the breakthrough Letizia needed. That's the breakthrough Guernsey needed. And that's the breakthrough. that Mark Ladder to my left one. It's a big smile on his face. And a wonderful shot there. Cover drive for four. Stokes already finding the boundary twice in this game. Yeah, And then you returned that... Uh, next for the next summer of back home, uh, something that you've touched on 2018, it must have been, you know, your most challenging season probably to date. Uh, You're you're appointed club captain at Lancashire. uh, And then unfortunately broke your hand in the early season uh, against Yorkshire um, and came out to bat actually with a uh, short leg arm guard on, uh, which there was pictures of that going around social media galore. Um, Your form as well sort of dipped with a bat when you came back. Um, Did you, feel
1: that was the added pressure of captaincy as well it wasn't the added pressure it was just the added responsibility of all of a sudden you've got to look after eleven players not just one um, and I guess just things didn't quite go my way that that um that year and um, I find it really i found it really difficult to the balance right of looking after others while still making sure i was progressing my own game and making sure that i was in the right place as a as a as a player not so much as a captain so um it's certainly not something i regret um it was a great eye-opening experience for me um yeah it probably didn't quite go the way i would have liked it to go um but yeah it's not something i regret um i give it my all Um, it just didn't work out for me um, and ultimately I made the decision to to not carry on as captain and I think it's probably one of the best decisions I ever made because um, it sort of gave me that freedom again to concentrate on my own game and, and start working on myself and making improvements that I needed to make and thankfully since then... Um, things have gone all right and um yeah, I've managed to sort of work my way back up to, to where I am today. So um yeah, it, it obviously wasn't the most ideal year that I've ever had in my career, but it's certainly probably my biggest learning year and um I sort of matured very quickly um during during the stint as captain. So um yeah, it's obviously not a great record. One year as captain, one relegation, but um who knows later in later in my career hopefully I can I can write something wrong.
0: You said there it's gone all right since then. Uh, It's gone probably better than all right. Um, From there on in, you you got more into sort of like the franchise cricket as well, Uh, being signed sort of your first franchise was Rajasthan Royals, which was quite impressive as, you know, your first franchise there in the IPL. Um, That must have been an unbelievable experience going to the IPL in 2019.
1: Yeah, cool. I think my first one was Karachi Kings in the PSL just before it. so I had Karachi in the UAE, and then I went straight to Rajasthan in, uh, in the IPL. So thankfully, um, going back to the PSL, um, my first game in franchise cricket, I opened with Baba, um, and I got 80 or 40 balls. And like I said um, before, I've always had like a score early on that sort of made me feel really comfortable, um, and that was certainly that in franchise cricket. Um, and then I had a decent... I only, I think I only played because Colin Munro couldn't... He wasn't there. Um, I think he missed the first game because he was away with New Zealand. So I, I literally had one game and, and thankfully I got 80 or 40. And from there on, I think I dropped down to three or four and played the whole tournament and... To be able to play every game in your first franchise tournament was pretty cool. So um, that set me up really well um, going into the IPL. I went to the IPL n- knowing there was no chance of playing. We had Steve Smith, Jofra Stokesy and um, Joss. Um, so that was cool. Um, just to be able to go to an IPL was was probably um one of the the coolest things but to have people that you know and um, we're all with the same agent as well so we were um we looked after. well they looked after me in in um in my first sort of IPL so it was pretty cool um and then even more so to to get the opportunity to play a few games at the end of the end of the season because these lads had to go back to international cricket so um I remember playing three or four games and, um, yeah, my first game, I I got 40 out of 20 and smacked a couple of sixes off Rashid Khan and, um, yeah, all of a sudden I felt like I, I could play in the IPL as well. So, um, yeah, it was really nice to sort of experience that. You obviously grow up watching the IPL thinking how cool it would be to play in it one day and, and to get that opportunity. I remember we played a five-over game at, um, at RCB against, obviously, Virat Uh, AB and one of our lads got a hat trick I remember catching Virat at at long on the middle um, ball of the hat trick and it was just such a cool atmosphere that um, when Virat was smacking a few into the stands it was so noisy and you just don't get that anywhere else in the world and obviously as a kid that really hadn't played too much domestic cricket never mind uh, franchise or international cricket, so I remember sort of being a, a little bit in awe of it, awe of it all. So, um, no, I have really fond memories of um, of my first IPL. It, it was a lot spent in the bar having a drink with some of the best players in the world, trying to learn off them, and sitting next to them on the bus and, and just chatting and, and seeing what I could pick up off different people, and then um, trying to take that back into my own game when I got back for the county season.
0: Yeah, and that sounds an unbelievable experience. Um, that sort of kicked you on as well. So then you went off to uh, Cape Town Blitz uh, and then you went off to Perth Scorchers after that. Um, so Perth Scorchers, obviously, you mentioned before, you did a stint out in Perth and then you've come back and played for the Scorchers. And your first year, you did, scored 425 runs, uh, again, hitting 27 sixes along the way. Um, what are your memories of that first tournament in comparison you know, to any other tournament you've played in?
1: Yeah, um Big Bash is one of them tournaments. It's always on at a great time of year in England. You always used to get up around Christmas time and just dream of being in the sun while it's freezing outside. So, um I remember um thinking how cool it would be to to play in the Big Bash and I really wanted to try and get that opportunity and I remember um I remember getting a phone call um same Perth were interested and I was on at my agent saying, please just get me a gig in the Big Bash. I really want to go and play in it. And thankfully Perth gave me the opportunity. And um, yeah, like you said, my, the first game didn't go too well for me. I ended up getting a duck with a stinking decision. Um, not that I like to blame on but it was. Um, and then I think I got, um, I ended up getting 70 off 30 in, a, in the third game of the tournament against the Strikers in Adelaide. Um, and smacked Rashid Khan for a few. And um, I think we put me and Josh English put on 140 and 10 overs. And I guess that's sort of the moment where you, you, I sort of felt at home and, and felt like I, I could play play in the Big Bash. So um, such a cool tournament, the way they build it up and the way they support it over there, especially Perth. They're a very, um, yeah, they look after their own and um, yeah, they the stadium that they play in over at Optus is, for probably one of the best in the world, um, and it's a great pitch to bat on as well. So, um, like I said, I've spent two years at Perth now. It's it's been a really, um, I guess, it's probably been a place where. I've been able to make a name for myself and I guess that's something that will always be pretty cool for me is to, um, yeah, obviously this year I won't be going back. I'm going to have a bit of a break over Christmas and spend some time with family over Christmas and New Year, which I haven't done for, for four years. So, um, yeah, it will be somewhere where hopefully in the, in, the, um, in the next couple of years, I'll be able to get back. I, I love playing in front of the, the Perth fans and yeah. um, they certainly supported me really well. So um, it will be cool one day to go back. And um, yeah, it sort of feels like home for me now. So, um, yeah, like I said, it was it was a cool tournament. I love playing in the Big Bash and especially for Perth.
0: Well, the, the following year as well, when you went back, um, you actually pretty much had the same sort of stats. Um, so you, I think you scored uh, one more run I think it was from the pre- previous year uh, and one more six or something like that so it was, it was really similar um, that's actually when I was checking, checking the stats double checked that I checked the right years to make sure it was actually <laughs> up um, one other thing that second year uh, you sort of made the rounds on social media again uh, for the wrong reasons this time when you got boxed three times in a row talk to me about that day <laughs>
1: Yeah, I still see that on social media now. Um, Yeah, I guess that's probably a technical fault for me is losing my front leg too early. That opens up somewhere where you don't want to get hit. Um, But yeah, I remember um, both years were very similar um, stats-wise, but the second year, I had an awful first six or seven games and I got dropped first ball against Hobart um, in the sixth or seventh game, I think it was. And I ended up getting 50... um, I think me and Jay's put on a hundred chasing one thirty or something. And um, that sort of got me going in the tournament. And from then on in, I, I played really well right the way through to the final. Um, so I think of them 430 runs, I think about 400 of them came in the second half. So um, yeah, it was a really, it was probably a bit of a uh, career changing tournament for me of just knowing that sometimes you can go through bad stages, but um but don't sort of give up on it. Um, and thankfully, I worked really hard the day before that Hobart game and sometimes you create your own luck. So, um, yeah, I got dropped and, and didn't look back from there. So, um, yeah, the Big Bash, the anything that goes on in the Big Bash actually um, goes quite well on social media. So there was a few uh, a few big sixes and a, a couple of um, getting hit in the nuts, which um, made their way onto social media.
0: And then you returned for the, the English summer last summer, the 2020 summer. Um, how was that? It was obviously a completely different uh, year. It was the pan- pandemic, delayed season. Um, the county championship wasn't quite the county championship. It was the Bob Willis Trophy, etc. cetera. Um, how did you find that? Obviously, your winter wasn't too effective because you were obviously in Perth.
1: Yeah, that was the cool thing about being over there. I was with two of my good mates as well. I had Jason brought Joe Clark with me, so... Um, that was pretty cool to live life as normal for a couple of months. Um, the quarantine obviously wasn't the most exciting thing having to spend 14 days in a in a hotel room. Um but yeah, I guess um the the county summer just it just wasn't the same. It's it sport has to have fans. Um no matter what anyone says. Um sport is not the same without the fans. And, um ultimately I remember going to finals day and thinking. This is actually quite awful that we're at one of the biggest days of the of the calendar year and there's no fans in here and trying to recreate fan noise through speakers just it just doesn't work and um, so I guess that sort of gives us a little bit of appreciation of what we have for um, the following that we get and the supporters that come out to watch us and um, ultimately I remember watching football as well without fans and it just. It just never felt the same. Um, it's an entertainment business and and you want to entertain people. And um although you can do it on, on the screens, it's just no, it's it doesn't quite replicate what you can do in um in the stadiums and, and people watching you. So um it was a very weird year. Um yeah, it was just so different. Um and and something I hope that we never have to go through again.
0: Yeah, and in that same summer, obviously, there's some England series as well. uh, You were including the England 24-man one-day squad for the ODI series um, and also the ODI series against Africa, uh, but didn't feature in either series. Um, How was that? You know, I always think it must be quite tough having sort of not playing any cricket, because obviously you're not going to play much counter cricket in that same period, to then having to almost hit the ground running when you might get a go.
1: Yeah, um, it was pretty difficult for me. I remember... um all the time, sort of trying to leave the bubble to go and play for Lanks, but it was never possible because of the quarantine that we had to do before we go back into the bubble. So, um, yeah, I I guess the one good thing I'm I'm really grateful for without COVID, I don't think I'd have worked my way back into an England team. Um, I think it got me back into the environment um, and I think my bowling in the nets, I spent loads of time working on that. And I guess that sort of... um, my batting has always kind of looked after itself, but I guess that bowling aspect of it probably made me a little bit more selectable to selectors. Um and yeah, I guess that's probably what got me back into the into the environment and and gave me the opportunity to show what I could do. And, and I don't think I would have got that without COVID. So um, it was frustrating for me because I didn't play any cricket. Um but it gave me time around the environment to to show people what I could do and to, to sort of spend time in the environment. And it is a great environment to be a part of. It's led brilliantly by morgues and um, it's a great environment to go into it, to express yourself. Um, people love performing in it and it's such a free spirit environment that um, you're encouraged to do what you want to do and, and to go out and play with no fear, which suits me down to the ground. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, the the experience of England of that summer was... Um, a lot of drinks, carrying a lot of time spent uh, in a hotel room, um, and not much cricket played. But ultimately, I think if you fast forward a year, yeah. it was it was all worthwhile. So um, yeah, that was my on, sort of memory of it.
0: You mentioned <laughs> on bowling there. So you, you said before you started out as a leggy. Uh, you also bowled offies for a period as well with no leggies, and now you sort of a, a mix of both. I think you actually your quick info profile says right arm off spin, right arm leg break.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, it was just something to try and make myself a little bit different and try and make myself a little bit more selectable. And I think ultimately it worked. Um, yeah, I've spent a lot of time trying to work on it. Um, something I really enjoy, it's, it's a real big challenge because I'm not quite as gifted with a ball as what I am with a bat. So, um, yeah, it's something I really enjoy. Um, it's obviously not my strongest skill and that's fine. I can always rely on my batting. Um, but I do enjoy the challenge of, of trying to get better in, as a bowler, and um, thankfully now it's it's sort of worked into a game where I do play as a batter. But um, especially for lengths, like, I, I bowled most of my overs um, in T20 cricket. So um, yeah, it's nice to be able to to sort of have that second string to your bow, especially if you can field as well.
0: And then with with that uh, that sort of same winter, then uh, just after the big bash. Uh, you got re-signed by Rajasthan Royals um, Haven't been released sort of the, the previous year um, that must have been great to get one re-signed by the same side that you know sort of released you the year before uh, and two this tournament I think starts this Sunday so it must be pretty exciting now you're obviously waiting to, to get out and get out there
1: yeah it was nice I actually pulled out the IPL the year before to try and play some Red Bull cricket when Covid hit so um I, I was going to go back to Rajasthan the year before that, but I didn't to try and prioritise rebel cricket, to try and play test cricket. Um, ultimately, that didn't work out and um, didn't go very well for me because I missed out on the opportunity to play in the IPL after the season had finished. So, um, yeah, I guess we make decisions in, in life to, um, yeah, we make the right decision at the right time, but ultimately that was probably one of the wrong decisions I made. Um but yeah, um, to be then picked up again by Rajasthan in this auction um, was pretty cool. Uh, and it's nice to be coming back to somewhere familiar. Um... It's nice to see familiar faces, you know, um, you know everyone straight away, and you know the players and we've pretty much got a similar squad. Um, we've got a few different overseas this time round, but um, yeah, we've got a similar squad. So yeah, it's pretty cool to come back to, to the Royals. And they've got a very loyal fan base. So yeah, like I said, hopefully this time I may get a little bit more opportunity to play and hopefully I can showcase my skills.
0: No, definitely. I mean, on that, then this summer was sort of your big breakthrough summer, uh, particularly with England. Um, you made your ODI debut against India. Um, you came in and finished with 27 not out of 21 bulls um, and defeating India by by six wickets. How did you find that sort of debut? You know, it's been a long time coming. You've been in and around the ODI squads for years now.
1: Yeah, it was really nice actually to actually make my debut. Um, it felt like I was ready. Uh, I felt like I was really comfortable in the environment. And I remember we lost two or three quick wickets, I think. Johnny and Stokes, who were smacking it everywhere, and I was thinking, brilliant, my debut, I'm not going to get a bat here. And, um, all of a sudden, um, we lost two or three quick wickets and we were all strapping our pads on. Um, <laughs> so it was nice to go out, and we were, oh, although we weren't in, under loads of pressure, I, I think we needed 60-odd off 10 with um, with six wickets left. But to be able to go in and finish it off in, some, in a role that I wasn't too familiar with either, um, batting in the middle order, um, was pretty cool. And I guess that was... Even though it was only 27 at hour, it sort of felt like I'd, um, the improvements that I'd made and the experiences that I'd gained over the last couple of years had certainly um, helped me in, in that situation. So, um, yeah, to make my debut and to make a little bit of a contribution to winning a game was, was nice.
0: Yeah, and then you made a further contribution uh, in the next series you played in. So it was the, the T20 and the ODI squads for the Sri Lanka uh, visit. You, you were both selected in both of those. Um, you played in all three T20s, picking up your first international wicket as well in your first game. Uh, and you finished with one for nine after off, off two overs. Uh, you followed that up with a man-of-the-match performance in game two with 29 not out to lead England to a series win. Um, again, how did you find sort of that middle-order batting? So I think you were back in the middle order then rather than being back at the top.
1: Yeah, um, I played in the PSL and the... Uh, and Zanzi Super League in South Africa as a middle order player. So I'd gained that experience by traveling the world to play franchise cricket. And that's why we do it. We we go away for months on end to to try and experience these different situations and scenarios and different conditions. And um thankfully I'd sort of gained the experience to know how to bat in the middle as well as still making sure that my skills were good enough to bat at the top as well. So um, I always knew that the opportunity for England was never going to come at the top. It was always going to be in the middle order. And thankfully, um, that second game, um, it wasn't an easy pitch. And I remember it was raining as well. And um, I think um, we needed a runner ball. And I remember batting with Billings for a little bit. And um, yeah, it was sort of um, old Liam. We'd probably have tried to smack a few out of the ground and got out. And, um, got, got a little 12 off six balls or something but I managed to to see us home and, and that was quite pleasing for me and sort of yeah I guess that sort of people in that environment maybe saw a different side to me than what they'd seen before so um, yeah and like you said I'd bowled a few overs as well and, and that was really nice to be able to showcase um, the skills that I have with the ball as well so um, no, it was a nice series for me to sort of work my way back into international cricket. Yeah, And then the next series went even better against
0: Pakistan. Um, obviously, this was the start of the two separate bubbles. So, you were selected in the, the T20 bubble rather than the ODI bubble. Um, and, you know, the T20s saw you playing uh, some, some of your best cricket probably ever. Uh, in the first game, you scored the fastest T2050 to start off with of 17 balls. Uh, and then you only went one better to score the fastest 100 uh, of 42 balls. Um, just take me through that innings and that day.
1: Yeah, madness. Um, it's probably something that I look back on as a career-changing moment when I finish cricket. Um, but yeah, it was so cool. I just struck the ball really cleanly from ball one. And um, yeah, I remember the atmosphere was unbelievable. Um, it would have been nicer if we'd have won the game, but certainly to, to score my first international century was um, was a very special day for me. And it's certainly something I'll look back on with with very fond memories in years to come. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I really enjoyed that series, actually. The Pakistanis were, um, were a great team. They, they are one of the best teams in the world at the moment, especially their bowling attack. They've, they've got a lot of pace. So um, to have been able to perform against one of the best bone attacks in the world was, was pretty satisfying for me.
0: And in that same series, you also, oh, well, I think the debate's still on. Is it the biggest six ever? <laughs> the one out of Headingley? <laughs>
1: um, yeah, Tom Curran seems to reckon he's hit a few bigger than that. Um, <laughs> but we'll wait and see. No, it was, yeah, I still get tagged in it every day on social media and um, to this day now. So, um, yeah there's certain things in your career that you'll look back on as as things that were really cool at the time and that's certainly one of them so um no it was really nice that day to to have done that and i guess it's sort of a bit of a a career changing thing and then and, and i don't know i guess it makes people stand up and and take notice of of different skills that people can do when when you do things like that so um no it was really nice to to do that and to to be able to um I guess even more so the third game when we were under pressure, we needed 12 off seven or something. And, and to come in and hit my first ball for six was, um, yeah, I guess it showed where my, my cricket had got to and, and the level that I've got to. And, and to have carried that on during the 100 on was, was really nice.
0: Yeah. And then you carried on that form into uh, the newly formed hundred competition, uh, which probably sort of plays straight into your hands. Um, how, do you, how did you find sort of like the tweak in, well, Rules, regulations,
1: etc., in the format. I thought it was really cool. Actually, it sped the game up really nicely. Um, there wasn't too much time to think, and even more so batting wise, it was have a look, have a look at a couple, and then off you go. And um, playing under Mo was cool. He's such a good captain. He's very chilled out. We had a very chilled out environment. We had a lot of good young lads. Um, we didn't really have any superstars, which was really good for us. Um, and I thought we played really good cricket throughout the tournament. I probably thought we were the best team in the tournament um, throughout the group stage. And unfortunately, and finals cricket is all about how you perform on the day. It doesn't really reflect how you've performed um, throughout the series or throughout the, the group stages. So, um, yeah, I think as a, as a tournament, um, I thought the the way they. And set out the rules and regs were were very good. Uh, it was really enjoyable to play in. Uh, I think, as you've seen for the crowds, as the tournament went on, it, it went from strength to strength. And um, certainly, the people that I spoke to loved watching it and loved being at the ground. So, um, yeah, all in all, I thought it was a pretty successful tournament.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, one thing you notice straight away is the crowd, there's never a spare seat. Um, there's sort of that more of a buzz around it, I think, as well.
1: Yeah, it was. And there were so many kids there and that's what we wanted. There was kids in in shirts that um, even more so going around cities and stuff, you'd see people in Manchester original shirts, Birmingham Phoenix shirts. And that's ultimately what we want. We want to try and get kids involved in cricket like they do in football. Um, and I guess seeing the crowds especially um as the tournament went on there was younger and younger people there and that's what we want to see young girls and boys coming to watch cricket and and wanting to play cricket and i guess our job as as um, professionals at the moment is trying to make cricket cool again for for kids to play and um, hopefully we we took a step on that journey um during the hundred and hopefully we've inspired a new generation to take up cricket um but yeah, like you said, it was, a, it was a great tournament and I know the lads really enjoyed playing in it. And I know uh, a lot of people that came to watch really enjoyed watching it.
0: Yeah, and then following the uh, 100, you've obviously been selected in the uh, T20 World Cup squad. Uh, again, must be a huge honour and really exciting times ahead.
1: Yeah, very much so. I've got two big tournaments coming up out in the UAE. Um, I guess the IPL is obviously the biggest franchise tournament in the world and you can't get a bigger tournament than a World Cup either. So um, really exciting times ahead. And um yeah. Um I guess if you if you're asked as a kid what do you want to do when you grow up is probably play for England in a World Cup, whatever sport it is, whether it's football, cricket, um, whatever it is. So um yeah, to get the opportunity to to travel to a um to a World Cup with with England is gonna be such a cool uh experience i'm um really grateful for the opportunity and um yeah I'm really looking forward to to getting stuck in and uh yeah who knows hopefully we can we can be the holders of the world cup uh, in both formats and
0: do you still have aspirations to play Red Bull cricket <laughs> in England as well
1: yeah absolutely i um test cricket is the pinnacle of our sport and I think everybody knows that and I certainly want to play test cricket for England. Um, whether that happens or not, we'll never know. Um, who knows further down the line? But, um, yeah, I certainly have aspirations to still do it. And, and whether that happens or not, it doesn't... Um, it, I'm not so hung up on it as, as what I was three or four years ago because we can still have a pretty cool career traveling around the world, playing in some franchise tournaments, and, and playing for England in white ball cricket. So, um, it's certainly something I want to do. Uh, I'm not giving up red ball cricket anytime soon. I, I still find it the greatest challenge in in uh, in our sport. And yeah, who knows? Maybe I'll get some time in the future to work really hard on my red ball game and make another push for the Test squads. That's part one
0: of the Liam Livingston interview completed. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. To hear when part two is released. Thank you for listening to the Guernsey Cricket Podcast. Remember to hit the subscribe button and keep listening. No one, no one, no one's gonna shoot me down and no. No one no one you're not gonna shoot me.